You know, growing up as a kid, I was never a kid. This is Counterintelligence, stories about the world of delis and its cast of characters that make it up. When I was about 10, I would go in, I'd sit by the counter, I'd make myself a cup of coffee, I'd make myself, you know, a buttered roll. That's very popular in New York. It's hard to believe that Ziggy was once a kid, too. So we asked him what his experience was like in the early days, growing up in the family business, and the excitement of landing his first job at eight years old. Here's Ziggy. When I was a kid, my mother would push me in a, in a stroller every single day to my father and grandfather's store in Manhattan. And I would go there, my grandfather would pick me up, and he would be holding me, and my grandfather was such a warm and lovely person, and take me around the whole store and all the employees would you know just just make a big deal about me and you had this sense of warmth and I would always be around that store I mean the store was an extension of our family and when I was about eight years old and I was in a booth and I was doing something, my grandfather threw an apron at me and he said, you know what, you're old enough, it's time to make a living. And I always listened to my grandfather because he was everything to me and, you know, it was like as if God was talking to Moses on Sinai as far as I'm concerned. So he threw the apron at me, I put it on and I was all excited because I went in the kitchen there. And my grandfather would start really, really teaching me the business. He would start, you know, saying, okay, he would get me a little knife, like a paring knife. And he'd say, look, we're going we're gonna to get some cabbage and I'm going to teach you how to core it. And we're going to do all two or three of these bags together. And we're going to do that. And then from there on, I'm going to show you how we blanch them. And we're going to turn this into stuffed cabbage. And I said, great. So, you know, naturally, when you're a kid and you're doing stuff, doesn't matter if it's arts or crafts or something with Play-Doh, I mean, you know, you're doing something with your hands, you think this is neat. And being an eight-year-old with your grandfather and you're going, you know, around the store and I'm coring out cabbage and my grandfather's praising me and he says, yeah, you're doing a good job, why don't you do it like this? I mean, it, I, I really felt useful and it was fun and it made you want to learn more. And from there, my grandfather would teach me everything. He would teach me, you know, how to roll pastry and how to cure corned beefs and stuff like that. I remember we were really learning how to pickle corned beef. And we were pickling corned beef, and we were waiting for the briskets to come in. And we came in there, and my grandfather goes, wait one minute, like in a very alarming, booming voice. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, listen, you watch me. There was this big, big guy. He was, a, he was a butcher. His name was Stanley. He says, this guy is a Ghanif. And you should have seen the horror on this guy's face. Like, you know, to call someone a thief is not really the nicest thing to do. He says, Max, how could you call me a thief? He goes, you know it, and I know it. You're a Ghanif. You're a lovable Ghanif, but you're a Ghanif. And my grandfather grabbed the brisket. He raised it up over his head. He took the knife and he cut it in the pocket and if i tell you 10 or 15 pounds of water just dripped out of the whole thing and this guy knew he was caught and the horror that was on his face and he says now we weigh the meat 
And he looked at me and says, you're helping me teach my grandson how to run this business. And, you know, we did a lot of business with Stanley throughout the years. He wasn't a bad guy. Like my grandfather said, he was a very lovable thief. Ziggy's training didn't just come from time spent with his grandfather. Growing up, he worked alongside others who taught him not only how to make great tasting food, but to serve a meal that represents the rich history and culture it stems from. There was a butcher that had a kosher butcher store two doors down. His name was Leo the Butcher. And Leo was one of the sweetest people I have ever met in my life. He was a survivor. He was a Holocaust survivor. And he was originally from Lithuania. So he had a Yiddish-Lithuanian accent. And he would always start talking to me in Yiddish because I spoke Yiddish with my grandfathers. And he liked that, that there was a young person that would speak Yiddish to him. And he would tell me stories of what life was like before the Holocaust. And he would paint this picture like an Isaac Sheva singer kind of world. Of, of the way things were in these shtetls and how the butcher was and how they did things. And it was just such a unique perspective for a young person to hear that directly from someone that experienced that was wonderful. And my dad always sent me around to places to learn how to cook things. For example, my dad once sent me to Bobo's in New York City on Pell Street to learn how to cook Chinese food. I was the only Caucasian kid in the kitchen, and I didn't speak any Chinese. But I'll tell you one thing, when I got out of there and I learned something, I can use every part of a chicken. You can't believe it, there's no waste when I went over there. But getting back to Leo, Leo asked me, do you know how to butcher? And I said, you know, I don't. I, I, I didn't know how to butcher. I mean, this was way before I went to culinary school. And he said, how would you like to learn how to butcher? There's no more kosher butchers. I mean, you think delis are gone. I mean, real old school kosher butchers are, are almost non-existent except for a handful of them. So I remember going into his store and I remember him really taking the time and showing me how to break down the forequarter because, you know, kosher is always the forequarter, not the hindquarter. They'd never use that. That was trafe. But learning how to do the kosher cuts of meat, and I think it gave him a lot of pleasure because, unfortunately, he didn't have any children himself and he wasn't married. So to, to have that connection with me was really, really a sweet thing. And... I think about him often, just like I do my grandfather, and it's a shame that people like my grandfather and the guys of Leo are not in this world today, because I definitely think they made the place a lot more interesting. Counterintelligence was produced by Mike Zvalin and me, Taylor Magenheim. The show was mixed by the talented Katie Best. Our theme song is L'Chaim by Kevin McLeod, and you can find it on incompetech.com. Special thanks to Ziggy Gruber and my mom, who works at the deli and helps set up these interviews. Also check out Deli Man, a documentary about the inspired operators that keep the great food and tradition of Jewish deli in America alive, featuring our favorite deli owner, Ziggy Gruber. You can get the film on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. And lastly, if you like this series, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a rating. 
It really helps others find this podcast as well. Thanks for listening. Next time on Counterintelligence. Forget about the knives are clanging and everything's going up like this. I don't want to get in the middle because, frankly, I don't want to be circumcised again.